With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hey everyone, have a good evening to you all. Uh, this is Talk of the League. That's the, that's the first mistake already, Julio. Fucking <laughs> <laughs> disaster. No, honestly, I've had the longest day, all right? Leave me alone, all right? Leave me alone. I'm running on like no sleep. But yeah, this is Talk of the League, or as me and Evan like to call it, let's not get cancelled this week. Why not to get cancelled? Um, <laughs> we're trying very hard. I, I can't remember what number we're on now. I think we've beaten Jamie Vardy's Goal scoring record of matches surely, in a row. Surely so, has to be at this stage. So yeah. Anyway, uh, joining me tonight. Uh, unfortunately, Jonathan couldn't be with us this evening, so I hope he's okay. Um, but mm. I have got a panel of titans with me. I've got obviously Evan, the usual suspect, with me. Oh. How are you, Evan? Fucking mighty kid, mighty. Despite misfortune, and misfortune is raining down on me big time. Um, but I'm not even gonna get into that because I don't want to depress myself too much. But um, yeah, no, other than that, flying, <laughs> flying high now, flying high. And our guest for this evening, uh, we've got Stu, mighty centre back, was uh, pretty much your modern day Yapstam, to be honest. How are you, Stu? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm good actually. Yeah, I've had a busy week work wise, been here, there, and uh, all over the country, really. But uh, yeah, I'm kind of honoured to be. Uh, Asked to come on this flagship show. I normally get tossed off to the uh, uh, reviews. Uh, no, you're, on, you're on the big league still. You're on the big well, league now. Made still. Yeah, I, I <laughs> made it. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. so I'm going to have to put some tough tackles in, I think, tonight. That's the shot. That's how we want to hear. Well, we're happy to have you tonight, Sue. We're really Thank happy. Thank you. Uh, joining us is uh, a former guest who's been on before. Martin, good to have you on again. How are you? I'm all right, mate. Thanks for having me, lads. Um, always nice to get an invite. Yeah, I, I did have in the the title beside me named free agent because I've been drafting around a few shows, so um, um, it's, it's a good thing. But yeah, delighted to be on. Although I suppose the one question I've got in my head is, does anybody know how FA Cup draws are actually made that we can maybe not get City twice in a <laughs> season would be perfect? They're not rigged. Yes. I don't know what you're talking about. They're not rigged. Yeah, yeah. Fair, in my opinion. It's funny. Legend, it's funny that, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So. Yeah, listen. I think a draw, a draw away to City is probably the, the 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 right thing we needed after a sterling performance against Blackburn, who were sixteenth in the championship. But yeah, look, let's move on rapidly from that and crack on, lads. No worries. We'll come to it later. 
Um, I will start actually with a little surprise topic that I didn't fill you both in, and it's actually been put in the comments there: the billion-pound bottle jobs. <laughs> Evan, how was your weekend? I like. I knew this was going to come up, right? And like, I've already put this in the chat before. Like, I didn't. I didn't want to watch the game, and I couldn't watch the game as much as I did want to. I couldn't. I was away for the weekend. I was flat out up the north of Ireland um, at an event, but. Um, I've seen I've seen highlights and I, I've seen the disgrace that went on. And I actually think it's absolutely like I don't understand how the football society can be so one sided and absolutely deem that fucking VAR acceptable. It's fucking scandalous at this stage and it's wrecking my head. And I think it's all just in favour of Klopp's fairy tale last season and it's it's so frustrating to see because it's 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 just so set up perfectly for him. And for a top, top stadium such as Wembley to have the best angle for an offside to be nearly fucking at a 45 degree angle is absolutely absurd. And for anyone to call it, I think it's just fucking blasphemy. You know, I, I, there is an argument there for it, but like, fuck me, like, come off. It just Liverpool just drive me fucking insane, but yeah, no, it's um, I just think I, I think stadiums need to be assessed for VAR to be effective, big time. Okay, it's do we believe him that he wasn't able to watch the match? No, hold on, no, I genuinely no, yeah. To to be fair to him, I have been to the highest northwest of Ireland, and I can tell you that Wi-Fi is not good. So, in fairness. I, I I will I will back an Irish lad there because I have been up in and around um the top end of Donegal and to be fair there is fuck all there um exactly. apart from a few trees and a pub so um yeah no listen uh yeah no I I I back my lad on that to be fair now but like in in, in fairness like if for like I'm saying for for a cup final right for in a top supposedly a top stadium in 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 England for the best camera angle for a fucking Bad decision to be nearly 45 degrees, like it's yeah, absolutely oblivious to me. Like, I think it's such a, as an important game as that, like, that's what, yeah. such an important match with two top Premier League teams to go head to head and for to fall apart for one side over probably millimeters, probably millimeters, but like, I can't even call it because of the camera angle. But me being biased, it's definitely not offside, like. Yeah. Like the thing, like go on. The thing I don't get is like at some of the games like that, you've also got spider cam. Exactly Zooming across up, like... they, they never ever check it in a VAR no. check. And I like I, I like we kind of had it in the Carabao, and I know we did we didn't get anywhere close. You know, we we were just unlucky <laughs> on the day again. But I don't get why you wouldn't check that because at some point when you're looking outside of the goal line technology. That camera is right above. Yeah. So surely exactly. that has to be taken into account somewhere along the line. But they, it, it doesn't look like it gets looked at at all. So I, I don't I actually don't get that. I, yeah. I, don't, I don't understand it. It's it's oblivious. And I think it's just because it's Liverpool as well on top of that. And it just it's just clearly shows favoritism to this conspiracy theory of Klopp's fairy tale season like. And if they end up winning the Premier League, they'll be fucking outraged. I'll be all, I'll, I'll go ballistic. I'll storm the capital. I don't care. Like, 
but it just drives me insane that it's just Liverpool. Yeah. They're making it all about Liverpool, to be fair. I mean, I mean, do you agree with the sentiment that Chelsea bottled it? Because I'm one of those who actually doesn't really think that. I know, obviously, you look at how much money they've spent. They do look like it, but on the, on the offset, Liverpool had a lot still had a lot of good players and before the final I even with a fully fit squad I still don't think Chelsea are the favorites because it's not no, a team whereas Liverpool yeah. are no matter who you put in yeah no obviously we're, we're Chelsea we're going to be the underdogs going in like you can it's evident like I've said it before and I say it again Caramel Frappuccino is not suited for the team that's there right the squad that's in it they can't perform together under Pochettino they just can't like it's it's a bit all over the place and it's just unfortunate just because we've had benefit of having so much money and being able to spend it on these players that we want like it, it's a case of we'll spend no matter what amount to get these players in and it's brilliant just to have but it's it's shit when it gets thrown back against us when we don't win matches we don't win games we spend so much money on these players um, just because we have it like if everyone else had it, they'd be spending it as well. Simple as that. Correct me if well, I'm wrong. That's not strictly true. We have it, and we've got more than you, and we're just not allowed to spend it. Well, that's because you're not allowed to spend it. Whereas we have free range to spend it. Yeah, exactly. Which exactly. goes along with my Man City escapade <laughs> FA Cup draw question. How does that work? But um, yeah. I, me personally, I didn't. I didn't watch the game. Um, but I, I, I kind of agree with Julio. I think it's um, I think since Bowley took over, I think whichever manager goes into that team be a potch or somebody else i think that's just a fucking jinx job and i yeah. don't think any i don't think anybody does well i think it's just it's like well for me I it's like anything i think that. you can throw money and you can throw a heap of players but that doesn't make a team oh that's very true that's very true but like from the start when there was a toss-up between caramel frappuccino and and enrique i wanted enrique i've said it with since fucking day one i wanted enrique and i think enrique was the man that would have switched up would have changed the dynamic of a style of play would have completely different than what mm. like Pochettino is just out of his depth I've always said it he was a mascot at PSG he was just blessed with an underdog team at, at Spurs yeah. like Kane and, and, and Son fucking mm. carried with their backs like it, I can't explain it he's just not the man for the job Potter definitely wasn't the man for the job but I think Enrique I, I, would have Evan, I don't think it's that mate I don't think it's your gaffer I think it's your numbnuts of a fucking um, a top bowler who gave fucking mm. 10-year contracts out. As soon as you give somebody a 10-year contract, you sign it, you think to yourself, hmm, happy days. I'm not going to have to bother. They can't sack me. They've got to pay up my contract. My contract's worth, I don't know, 100 million, maybe 110 million, depending on on uh, on, on, on his annual salary, uh, et cetera, et cetera. Why would you? I mean, for all the best one in the world, you're a 21 year old signing a, an eight year contract or a nine year contract. Why on earth would you perform to the highest level when you're absolutely guaranteed? I mean, this money is guaranteed, and that's the problem. And it, I defy any any gaffer to go in there and deal with it and sort it out because uh, he's gone. Yeah, I know. Uh, he's back up in the northwest. He doesn't want to hear the truth. But I, I defy anyone to any gaffer to go in there and, and, and sort it out because I, I agree with you. You can get that sitting on the bench. So if you're in Kaku or one of those, like what, like you know, M Mudrick is getting every second game or every half a game. 
and he's probably on what 250 300 grand a week has to be you know you don't give a damn you know no, why would you seriously why would you care you pull up in training you don't fancy a game you just go oh geez a bit of niggle at the back there the physio looks at you yeah we'll give him a day's rest still making yeah. 300 grand a week you're not going to see his agents in there at all you know no. his agent anywhere near the fucking club why would you his agent problem with the contracts though is that's you know that's the way that chelsea are getting around the the amortization and getting away to spend the money that they're spending uh, but that at, at, at some point that you know the age of those players is going to go up and that amortization isn't really going to make a difference it's going to for the first couple of years because it's allowed chelsea to spend but that's going to come back to bite in year five year six and year seven absolutely because they're still going to have those players on the books some of them will have aged considerably okay the younger ones are going to be there but like like some of those players that brought in who are 19 20 21 on seven eight year contracts there's no way if they're not in chelsea's first team within the first two years they're going to be in that first team in seven years time i mean cole palmer by far has been the best signing he's a he's a superb player he really is a superb player but he's almost carrying chelsea um tiago silva can't seem to get a look in at the moment pochettino doesn't fancy him whether his missus was chirping off too much, I, I don't know. Um, you know, Sterling, he'll probably want to, he'll probably want to go in the summer. If you're Sterling, you're coming to the twilight of your career. You could still play at a high level. You could still go to Villa. With all due respect, you could go do a job at Newcastle at the minute because you're hamstrung in terms of finances as well. So there's a lot that can can happen at Chelsea. But I, I, to me, it just doesn't matter whether you put Enrique in there, Zidane in there, uh, Ancelotti in there. You've got to got somebody who's going to absolutely grab the play, uh, players like Madrid, shove him down, you know, your, your hands around his throat and squeeze and squeeze and squeeze till he understands what he's actually there for. Because this kid, Madrid, I'm just using this as an, as an example. It's not really fair, really. But, you know, he'll come in at nine o'clock if he can be bothered to come in at nine o'clock. I know somebody. I know somebody in around the Chelsea under twenty threes, and he trains with the first team. I know, I know what they they're, they're quite laps. He's a local lad. He's got no chance of making the first team, and he earns something like eight nine grand a week. Lives in a five million quid mansion. You know, Chelsea have put him up. This is the issue with players. Back when I was growing up, and I was coming through in the seventies and the eighties, I, Matt, I don't know how old you are, mate, but if you're anywhere close to my age, you'll know what it was like. You had to fucking graft. For a living, you know, if you wanted to play football, you were on hand-me-down footy boots. If because your parents couldn't afford to get you the greatest boots ever, the Cape Mundials or the World Cups, uh, until maybe you were 13, 14, and 15, and you started then to, to develop as a player. You're playing on pitches that are just fucking awful. These guys are playing on carpets, but Mudrick's a great example of somebody when he came on. On uh, Sunday for his little cameo, from I remember, my memory serves, and I'm looking at his tattoos and I'm looking at his fucking peroxide blonde hair, and, and, I'm, and I'm just thinking to myself, you need there to. There he is. There it yeah. is. Yeah. Well, it just it just annoys me because you can do that if you're scoring 20, 30 goals a season, or you're putting ten assists up and you got you're netting fifteen in the season, and you make Jackson's popping in with another fifteen. You can do what you like then. You can put a mohawk on it. It doesn't really matter. But when, you, when you're when you trotting onto the pitch with a fucking hell, 10 minutes, have I really got to do this? Sorry, Mike, I'll, I'll sort the camera out in a minute. Have I really got to do this type thing, type attitude? Because you'll be on the King's Road in two days' time, 
splashing his cash or whatever. And this is the issue. And we have it at Man United, by the way, Evan. We've, we've got it with yeah. certain players at Man United. It's, I'm well, not I, I, taking I, that to Chelsea. I, yeah, no, I think I think you're right there. You, you that's that to me what you're describing is the old fashioned, old school way of football where you have the likes of Roy Keane fucking having the the dressing room in proper order, keeping mm. everyone in check and there's no one at Chelsea that to do that. There's no now I know there's Thiago Silva, but Thiago Silva is not Roy Keane. Yeah. If you get me in that sense, There's I think no... I think the other the other thing for me as well is I wonder our egos a problem, because there's such an eclectic mix of players and nationalities in that Chelsea squad, as you said, Evan. I just wonder is the dressing room a problem, in players who aren't getting games and players who expect to get games. I I, I just imagine behind the scenes, people like an Enzo and and some of those players like you know and again I know Stu said about you know Mudrick unfortunately using them as an example. When I see him and when I see him play, when I see him coming on and off the pitch, he just strikes me as a player that just, you know, just has a real attitude. And I just wonder, is part of the problem in Chelsea with the, you know, managers sometimes struggling? I, I, I just wonder, is there too many big egos in that dressing room that are just not willing to bend their ways? And as Stu yeah. said, happy to get the happy to get the money every week. And well, that, that's a, know, that's a fair point. Yeah, that is a fair point. And I. Like you might laugh at me for this one now, but I think I think Sterling has the potential to be that seniority in the club and to correct lads in line. But the thing is, I doesn't I don't think he cares enough. Like you're saying with the other players, there's too many egos. Sterling does have an ego. He does. Obviously coming from City and earning the money, I think he's on three hundred and forty K a week or something like that. Correct me if I'm wrong. But like I think he he would be my ideal man. To step up and take charge of that team, like if the likes of Thiago Silva isn't going to do it, Conor Gallagher is another man to, to do it. But whether he does or not is clearly not evident. He's, like, he's got a ponytail, Evan. You know, this, yeah. is, this is the problem. If I walk into a dressing room, wait, look, here's a great example. And, and this not is even just... you. Imagine Roy Keane walking into the dressing room and seeing yeah. the lad across the way. With a ponytail, if he oh, come off, so we, we had a new sign. He un- he would unscrew his metal stud, go over and try cutting with the fucking screw end of the stud. <laughs> that's how hard. That's how hard he's like Ian is, and he would do it and all, and he did bollock him there and then. But like, well, we had a new signing. We had a new signing, Evan, coming to Tipton a few weeks ago, right? And we're playing on a five G surface at Worcester Warriors. Brilliant pitch, brilliant stadium, brilliant pitch, right? So this new player comes in, he's getting changed, and I'm looking around, as I do, I look around at everyone because I want to know what's going on, you know, whether they're up for it, whether they're dicking about, that type of thing. You can tell a lot by a player how he gets changed, believe it or not, by his attitude, by the way that he's methodical and putting his... It's, it's a bit strange, but you can. So I'm looking at this guy. He's got fucking tights on. I'm looking oh, at him. I'm looking over at him, and I'm thinking, he'll take him off, you know, so I, I carry on. Doing my stuff. I look again. He's putting his fucking socks on. I goes, "Oh, fella, what are you doing? <laughs> what, what do you mean?" I said, "What are you doing? Why are you putting your socks on? You've got to take your fucking tights off it." Oh no, I always wear tights. I'm not fucking at Tipton. You don't, sunshine. Fuck off. <laughs> I'm not having sh- none of that because it's weakness. It shows weakness, and you can't, you, you know. And this is the thing about football, and it's not just Roy Keane. There are certain types of players. Virgil van Dijk, I hate him, but he's very similar-minded 
um, as a YouTube video goes around, I think they're having a team photo or something like that, and uh, Robertson comes out and starts moaning about being at the front, blah, blah, blah. Van Dyke's behind him, he said, uh, and he got his, la his laces were undone, and it was a very small little thing. Tie your shoelaces up, no picture. That is standards. Everything in football is about standards, everything. And this is where Manchester United are falling so far below what should be considered to be just the basics of the bare minimum. You know, our standards have got a raise and they've got a raise. And when you've got, and I don't keep coming back to money, but when you've got spoiled little brats, which you have in all football clubs, by the way, Newcastle yeah. got it, absolute absolutely morons and idiots, uh, it's very difficult to get a collective group and a collective way forward. And even when you are uh, on the pitch, you need somebody like, I don't know, a Connor, a Connor Cody who's just constantly talking and on-field coaching. And, you know, you haven't got that at Chelsea, man. I mean, I look yeah. across your, your team, Evan, I just think, fucking hell, let's do what you like. You know, Sterling, is, you know, Sterling isn't going to shout at you. Sil no. Silver ain't going to do much. You're not going to listen to Jackson. If Jackson looked at you, oh, whatever, mate. You know, do you know what? Do you know what? It did, do you know what this reminds oh. me of, actually? Do you know what this reminds me of? And I, I don't, you might disagree, and I have a feeling you might really agree. It just really makes you miss and reminisce on the old Barclays Premier League. They were great days. like They were just brilliant days. And to, to yeah. imagine getting that magic back, and it's, I love doing it now. I'd probably do it nearly every night as Regis Watch. Rewatch matches of all of that. Some of the old games, like, yeah. Do you know what I mean? And I think it's just brilliant to see it. Brilliant to see it. But yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm fortunate. I, I think I'm fortunate with my, you know, when I was born in, in terms of football. My lad's 23. He, he, he takes my season ticket now every week and he's there and he loves modernism. But, you know, with all due respect to uh, Evan and maybe Julio to an example, I can't buy into the FIFA generation of player you know i'm not interested in a cam or a fucking lw or an rb or all kind of, you know when, when i was started playing it, it was one to 11 the end your, your sub came on you were 12 you used to be embarrassed absolutely embarrassed if you walked into change room and the gaffer gave you 12 yeah oh, well jesus you hide your head in absolute embarrassment you know and uh but nowadays you got Liverpool players rolling out and rocking up in, what was it, 96 or 97 or 98, you know. And then just, <laughs> it's just modernism. I, I just, I can't be dealing with it. Anyway, that's just... I think, you make, I think you make an excellent point there, like with the whole Barclays thing, because I feel like we're still, we're losing now what it was like then. Because back then you still had the blend of flair players coming in from Europe. I know obviously what you're saying about Chelsea reminds me of, late 2000s, early 2010s Arsenal, where every year they were expected to go and challenge for the title maybe, but it was always a, are they made of the right stuff? Are these players good enough mentally? Are they physically good enough? They seemed quite soft. You know, Stu, I bet you saw those Arsenal teams and thought, you know, I could take them. If it was me and my guys with Tipton Town going to the Emirates, you'd probably look at that Arsenal side and say, I could take them because they'd fallen off so far. And I think... He leads us on nicely, actually, because the name I want to bring up is uh, Gary O'Neill. Because I think we all know what Gary O'Neill was like as a player. And obviously now he's gone into management and he seems to be doing well with Wolves. I mean, admittedly, I thought Wolves might go down at the start of the season because we all saw what was going on with the summer and, you know, FFP. They were 
that streets won't forget 2019 side that came up and got Europe and challenged in Europe for a bit was gutted last summer. So, uh, Martin, I'll come to you first regarding Gary O'Neill. Like, what what do you think about how well he's doing? Um, I I think I got to be honest. I think he's doing a really good job at Wolves. I think the thing that that I probably didn't expect from him that I seem to be seeing at Wolves is how good a man manager he is. Uh, he's he's kind of got them to buy into, not necessarily a philosophy. I would say you know he's 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 probably not as good as some of the managers who's gone who you know some of the Portuguese lads who have gone in there before him, but he's brought the camp together, and he's got them playing again. He's put for one one of a better word, and you know I, I, we used to slate this when we had Steve Bruce. He's put you know round pegs in round holes. He's put players in the right position. He's brought them together. He's he's kind of you've you, you seen him at the game. I think the weekend where he's you know he's doing the clop and he's you know he's giving it this with the crowd and everything and he's right in amongst the players and he's and he got his players to come over to the crowd and I think I think he just he's just started to gel it and I think if you if you can get the right man management level then I think you can get you you know listen to Stu you, you obviously you know listen to your talk you, you know you talk about you know Tipton and, and, and some of the clubs and stuff you can you can achieve things and I think the greatest example of that was Claudio Ranieri with, with Leicester the year they won the title you know he, he he didn't have the best tactics he didn't have the best squad he didn't spend the most money but what he was was a very good man manager who got them believing and if you can install that, and, and Stu, you might back me up on this. If you can install confidence to a player and, and, and into a player sometimes who might not necessarily be down on their luck, but a player that's vocal or holds sway, you can you can very, very quickly spread that. Like I, I work in, in, in logistics. We won't get into the finer details. But I've been around a few different sites, UK, Ireland. And I would always make a point going into a new job. I would focus my attention on the guy that makes the most noise. Because if I can win him over, doesn't matter how, I can, inf I, I, I can put him in the middle of a circle and within two weeks he's infected everybody else to my way of thinking. Now, you'll always have people that don't want to and you've got to work on them separately. But if you can get the 10% with you, the other 60 will follow. It leaves you the other 20 to work with. It's a very simple process. So I think what Gary O'Neill has done very, very cleverly and very quietly is he's got those players together. He's got them believing. Are they the best squad? No. We've got them the weekend. I, I'm, I'm actually a little bit worried about playing them the weekend. I've got to be honest. Even though we're at home because we are shipping goals. Now, the only thing is it looks like Chan is out, which he, he's had four in five against us the last games we played. So fucking glad he's out. Um, but... Yeah, like I, 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 it's going to be a tough game for Newcastle at the weekend. Make no bones because he's got them. He's got them really thinking that they can go out and get results and do well. So it won't be an easy game for the Magpies at the weekend. Make no bones. Um, we've got to be on our game, and we're not at the minute. That was evident from the weekend. But yeah, I, I like him. I think he's a, he's a good manager, um, and I think he's got Wolves ticking. So I, I think they'll be all right this season. Myself. Do you, do you know what I think? Stu, I'll come to you next. But what yeah. I want to say around Gary O'Neill is that it's not he's not a manager that's come in, he's gone into a press conference, given us big words about what he's going to do with the team. And it just yeah. seems very simple. Like he's gone in, he's done the job, it's effective, 
it's efficient, it works. And like you say, he's got the team on side. Stu, what do you make of obviously this? Because we see so many managers come in and everyone gives them certain perceptions like, oh, he does this or, oh, he moves me with his big words or whatever, you know, the stupid stuff you see. But it's refreshing, isn't it, to see someone just come in and just do it? No big words, nothing. Yeah, look, Gary, I mean, look, Martin's pretty much summed it up, actually, to be fair. Because Gary O'Neill is a perfect example of common sense. Uh, and that's what he does. He's gone in with common sense. He's gone in, he's assessed it, and he's made a decision uh, to treat these players um, how he would like to be treated, and that's respectfully. Step out of line, though, different story, and mm. I'll, I'll jam you up. Um, and, and so when you look at the types of players, look, I, I think Max Kilman. It will develop into one of the best sent halves in the Premier League over the next two, three years. Absolutely agree. Brilliantly on field coached by Connor Cody. Uh, wonderfully, wonderfully well. I wanted to be United two years ago. It'd be perfect fit for Martinez. Absolute perfect fit. But the way that Gary O'Neill, uh, look, he's very slight in stature. Um, and when you, you, you know, you're, you're looking at six foot two, six foot three, six foot four, you've got to have this air of authority. This is what Martin's talking about. You've got to have an error of an error of authority, but you attach yourself to that one particular person who's a little bit bitey, a little bit like me. You would attach yourself to me because I'm a little bit bitey, I'm a little bit sharp. If you piss me off, you'll know about it, blah, blah, blah. And people like me, people like uh, all of us really on here, although we're all different in personality, if you've got that mental will to win, succeed by any means possible, it is absolutely infectious it really is on a group of players you know whether it's a five-a-side team whether it's a seven-a-side team whether it's a nine-a-side team or 11-a-side team the actual fundamentals of what you're trying to do and try and achieve are exactly the same and you know people talk Roy Keane always talks doesn't he now I look across I see Schmeichel there big baby but big presence big fucking presence then you've got Bruce, then you've got Pallister, you know, then you've got Giggs, Neville. And you're just looking around, you're thinking, yeah, I'm all right today. I'm all right. That's what Gary O'Neill's done. He's attached himself the right way. Won't always work. Look, you know, they will come on stock um, on, on occasions. Eddie Howe did something very similar. Eddie Howe did something very, very similar. You've just got issues with injuries. Ten Hogs tried to do something similar but we've got too many babies uh, in our team and their agents have just been there picking so what Gary O'Neill's done is absolutely magnificent but it should be no surprise to anybody because he rescued Bournemouth if you remember yeah yeah. it's like he's after talking... giving him all the, the will to fight like the, the fire within him he's, he's transferred his passion and his fire yeah. within him to each yeah. of the players and it's Really yeah. fucking burned them on and to drive forward. Yeah. Like the last, like the last five games, like they're after, they're after winning four. Yeah. You know what I mean? I think it was a three-two loss. I think he's made the players, Evan. I think he's made the players think that he's one of their own. Yes. That, you know, I, I think I think Stu's point's really, really valid. That listen, boys, we're all together in this. Step out of line, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna bang you on. But as long as you stay within the parameters, listen, we're all together in this. I'll help you get there, but I need you to do this. And once you've got that, once you've got that belief, and you've got a common goal and one vision, it's it's dead easy to start rolling. And once you get that, you're on side of the hill. You, you you're you're virtually unstoppable. And I think, you know, he's he, they'll be they'll be absolutely fine. 
this season. I mean, yeah. It's like you know, he's the type of man you can see in sitting there, they're all sat in the restaurant and he's roaring and shouting. And it brings you back to that video of um fuck, I can't remember who it is, but it's like yeah, you had to fucking die to get three points. Like and you can see him roaring into everyone's face and that passion and energy into it. Like, yeah. Is is that is that's a yeah, yeah. And he's right. But the thing about the thing about uh, Gary O'Neill is you're just listening to him. You're intently staring at him and taking in everything he says. You're not looking around, rolling your eyes. You're not looking at, oh, you know, I've lost my shin pad. You're not bothered about stuff. You're actually listening, you focus, which is what you should do as a footballer at any level. And I, I teach, you know, uh, my lad when I was coaching him, I said, don't look at me, don't speak to me, listen to me. That's what I want from you. And everybody listen. I need you to intently listen. And that's what he does. He gives that. He gives that aura. And the other thing about it is, what he has done is, I, you know, I pay no attention to my skipper when I'm playing. Zero. Can't can't be bothered with him. Don't care if he's talking to me or not. I'm concentrating on my own segment, my own sector. Who's in and around me? That type of thing. You get that with Wolves as well. You watch the way that Wolves play. They play in sectors really nicely. You know, they each know where they need to be. That heads are on a swivel. And that's just by basic conversation. And that, that's all it is. So anyone that ever tells you, by the way, fellas, oh, fucking hell, he's never played in a 3 5 Oh, it's a load of bollocks. It's just absolutely <laughs> a load of bollocks. Oh, he can't play in a 4 4 2. Of course you can. A good, solid football can play anywhere. He just needs that encouragement and that belief, like the rest of the team, that they can deal with it. Uh, and, and you can. Honestly, you know, football isn't complicated. We just overcomplicates it. Yeah, I think the thing I've noticed in particular the last game that Wolves played, the one thing that stood out to me with the players on the pitch was they were constantly talking to each other in all areas. When they were zonal marking, when they were transitioning, defence to midfield, midfield to strikers, they were talking, they were chatting, they were going across to each other and a hand up and a, a, you know, a quick word and a finger point and then there was a bit of movement or a bit of a positional change, you know, and and it was interesting to watch. I, you know, it'd be interesting to see is it very similar this weekend when we play them. Um, but they, but it, it was one the, the 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 game they won last weekend. It stood out to me that, in particular, between that defensive midfield transition on oh, attack and recovery of the ball, the talking between the the two back four lines was very very much in evidence. Solid out, yeah. 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 Do you think it? Do you think it comes down to what they were like as players? Like how they were as a player, maybe in in how they communicated on the pitch, how they played the game. Do you think it translates? Because we see other players, for example, like Frank Lampard go into management, and Frank Lampard wasn't really like that as a player. And you know, he's got the way he's gone into management, it doesn't seem to have translated very well. Um, same with Rooney, maybe same with Gerard as well. Do you think it? Uh, Stu, I'll ask this one to you first, and then I'll get the others' take on it. Do you think it comes from? how they were almost raised as a player throughout their career and how they, what they were like in their career. Yeah, really good point. That is you've got an ego issue with uh, the players that you just described. Um, so as a, as a player, uh, maybe at Derby, maybe it's um, Birmingham or, or, or the MLS uh, with Rooney as an example, you kind of look at him and think, I really should listen to this guy because he's kind of, he knows what he's doing. He's been there. He's, Played at the top level, record goal scorer for Manchester United and England. Yeah, I, I must. 
almost think, you know, listen to it. Same with Frank Lampard. The issue they've got is they can't cope with incompetence. And, and it's a big thing in life. You walk into somewhere and you forget the type of level of personality and player you're dealing with. And because they can't quite grasp or can't quite understand what you're trying to do, they haven't got that split second speed to be able to get where Rooney thinks they should be or Lampard or Gerrard, or they're not tackling as hard or they're not using their brains, they're not vocal. It all comes down to a mentality that they think it's incompetent because they do, because a great example would be um, uh, Gerard and Salah say, you know, Gerard flips the ball over to Salah. He doesn't even have to look. There's the ball. Salah's away scores. Great. Move on. Now, if he does it to somebody like me at my level, I'm not going to be exactly where Gerard thinks because I'm not at that <laughs> level of play. And, and two things happen. A, it looks, looks bad from Gerard. Look, what, what a rubbish pass. And B, the frustration builds and he's thinking, I've told you i was going to play you went there blah 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 blah. and this happens in football you, you know i see it all the time um and you see it you look at players and it's up to you to actually take a step back understand and realize your surroundings and then kind of make yourself not wither into their kind of uh mindset but try and transport yourself into their type of mindset try and talk to them with a bit more clarity don't expect quick communication because they won't get it they, they, they just won't get it um when you look at i tell you it's a really good example as well uh, the young liverpool players that came on against uh you evan chelsea should have smashed liverpool out of sight actually in the carabao cup you know that if you've watched it yeah. and i'm sure you have you know they should have beat them there's no two ways about it but they didn't you know the first goal van dyke said it was it disallowed look i've seen that a million times i've done it myself and that that goal should have stood. I think you're right about Sterling. It was Sterling's goal. Yeah, yeah. I think you're right. I think he was on side personally, and I think that should have stood. But but see, that's a very un unpopular opinion. Saying he, like it seems to be swaying that towards it was offside. But look, yeah, but I'm old again. Ever, I'm old school. You know, you, you should yeah. always favour the attacker. So it's up to the defender to to stop him in some way. If he didn't stop him, that's it. But then as soon as those kids came on, people are talking about. Oh, you know, they've got no fear. They've got no, they've got no fear because not one of you, not one of your players went in and absolutely pounded one of them, put him on the deck, stood over him, waved at him and then wandered off. Because I yeah. tell you, that's where you're testing people. And this, this is, sorry, I'm going a little bit off track, but what I'm trying to get at is this, this is what's happening with managers of, of, uh, of like the likes of Rooney. Like, they're not testing the players the right way. They're testing them in the wrong way. They're testing them at the elite level not just below the elite level, which is where they should be. And it's an ego thing, I'm afraid, and they can't quite work it out. And that's one why... Thing, was, was, one was, thing I'll was, raise, Rooney had Liam Rossinia mm. as a coach at Derby, and he didn't have him in, at DC or at Birmingham. And now Rossinia is flying with Hull right now, and they're on the Correct. cusp maybe of the playoffs. And with that, I want to raise the question. I'll come to you, Martin. Do you think it comes down to the level they played at in their career? Because when you look at Gary O'Neill, he played for Portsmouth, Middlesbrough, West Ham, QPR, Norwich City. And in all, in all those clubs, there was a managerial change at some point. And do you think playing at that level where managerial changes are more frequent? Obviously, we know what happened at Chelsea, but 
forget that example with Lampard for now because the, the players carry Chelsea for years. Fucking hell, I'm like some battering tonight. Gary O'Neill. Fuck me. Do you think learning what it's like to have to galvanise and bring the team together in tough times, do you think that helps translate well into management? Um, not necessarily. I think, uh, kind of listening to Stu's yeah. points there, I think, I think the point about you know Gerard playing the ball to Salah is a really valid point. I think with the likes of say Lampard and Aruni in particular, I think when they, I, I just wonder when they get a team and they get players, are they just looking for players to be as good as they were? And when they're not, that frustration grows. And I think, is it, you know, does that frustration then? you know, become more apparent and they try and force the way of playing more. And what happens is the players then don't buy into the system. The manager gets more and more frustrated. The team loses faith. Manager loses the dressing room and they end up losing the job. I think that's more likely than, than, you know, trying to galvanize it. I think if you look at, if you look at Gerard, personally, I think Gerard's, Gerard's a good manager. I don't think he's ever fully been tested. Um, I would have liked to have seen him stay at Villa a bit longer, if I'm honest, because um, I, I would have liked to have seen what he could have done um, with with them. Um, I think going to Saudi, listen, you know, if somebody offers you five, six million a week, are you going to turn it down? No, of course you're not. You'd be a fucking mug to. Um, but I don't think, listen, it's a farmer's league, right? It's never going to be the same competitive league. I know they're going to plow money into it. And listen, we've got Saudi owners, so I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to sit and say it's not a good thing to have the money. But I just don't believe that that he gets tested. And I think when you're a Lampard or a, or a, or a Rooney or a Gerrard, you come from a team that's been so fantastic. I think you must just walk into a dressing room or into a club and expect it to be exactly how it was when you were at the top of your game. And it's just it's not worth, realistic. It's worth noting, yeah. Martin, that when you look at when you look at who were perceived to be elite managers, uh, Mourinho. Didn't have a great career. Yeah. Uh, Klopp didn't have a great career. Moyes. Fergie, Fergie Moyes didn't have the best careers. Yeah. Eddie Howe. Yeah. Eddie Howe. There's yeah, only see, a couple of moments of like Guardiola who you would consider yeah. a decent yeah. career. As a see, that kind of led into that kind of led into my point as well. Are they riding off the backs of their days of old? And then yeah. another thing is, yeah. did they start off at too high a level too too soon? Like to give these lads who only finished a handful of years ago these big massive jobs, these big clubs straight away. Absolutely. And then another thing then is I think I think when players leave leave and retire, there's there's three routes you can go down. Punditry, managerial route, or just fade off into the distance. I do, I just don't think so the likes of Neville, likes of Cara, the likes of Roy Keane, I think they're all suited for for the the punditry, like you know what I mean, evidently it's all punditry, and uh, Michael Richard punditry. You know, they they just have that that personality for it, but they don't have the personality for the manager side of things. Yeah, but listen, though, think, like, even though Keane Keen went Keane went to Sunderland, did a really good job. As much as I hate to did. admit it, because I hate them, he did a really yeah. really good job. He did a good job with O'Neill for Ireland. The problem <laughs> the problem with Keane is is he's a Temperamental, temper, temperamental, fiery fucker, and fucker, there's a lot yeah. of owners that won't that won't want that because if you're not, you know, and that was evident at Sunderland, 
when obviously Quinn was there and, and then it changed over and it was evident that when he when Keane went to Ipswich. If it's not the way he wants it, and more so no you know as much evident through the whole island thing with Saipan with Mick McCarthy, because it wasn't to the standard that Keane believed the club should be at or the country should be at or the training should be at. And because he had, you know, you, you made that point to you about Keane walking into a dressing room and going, what the fuck is going on here? That's the standard. And you don't fall below it. You have to hit it because that's what brings you success. So for me, if I, you know, if you put four managers in front of me and those same four names now, Rooney, Gerard, Lampard, Keane, as much as it will pain me at Newcastle, I would take Roy Keane every day of the week because he would set you a standard that is what you want to be a winner. And, and, and it's really, really simple. Problem is, owners don't want that because it's now gone from being, and, and, and you know, to shoot very quickly back to your point, Evan, about missing the old Premier League days. There's a very simple piece around this, which is it's gone from being a game to being a business. And now, unfortunately, last week, yeah. for, for me and Stu at our age, um, without being disrespectful, the glory days are gone from when you could lump a player when shorts were short and pitches were full of mud and potholes and you could bust an ankle running, let alone anything else. That, yeah. that, that's gone now. Because it's, a, it's a business. It's all about broadcasting, TV rights, revenue, shirt sponsors, yeah. and getting, yeah. getting, getting the best names that you can get in the shirt to sell more merchandise. That's it. That's it. Yeah. Premier League business. Anybody tells you otherwise is a fucking liar. It's which exactly. Newcastle are a great, great, um, and, I, and I'm, I'm not having a pick here, but 25 million quid for you, for your shirt sponsor. It's never been seen in your history. It was five, no. I, I, he knows why, because it was five million quid two years ago, wasn't it? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Everything that Ashley put into the club, he yeah. took out of it. You know, yeah, we've I, gone I from. I said this last week. It, the clubs are about turnovers, about profits. Absolutely. I said this, and I have said, probably said this in every other podcast we've done since the start of it. It's all about yeah. money, money, money. Absolutely, and, and if, you, if you if you if you signing as well, like exactly, players, if you take Newcastle, as, take Newcastle as a re really good example, very very quickly. Last season, our operating profit was around about, and, and commercial revenue was about two hundred and thirty million. We were we were we were like sixteenth or something in the league. Oh, you were mile, yeah, miles up. Yeah, We've yeah. signed deal with seller, new shirt sponsors. They're building a new entertainment area with seller outside St James's, a, a big stack park where they're going to show the games live at three o'clock and all this other stuff, beaming them in new sleeve sponsors a ground sponsor will absolutely come and i know people there's probably not too many newcastle fans watching at some point we're going to have to move because we need to grow and if you can't develop the stadium we're going to have to move and that's a reality so it's no point being saying, is, it's a business. we want to see you when newcastle starts spending big big bucks that's what i'm intrigued to see well, this is this is the thing big, with the commercial revenue so those that that deal with adidas and seller will take our revenue this year to next year from 220, 232 million, I think it was last year, to 486 million next year. So wow. once you increase that, you can then, you know, like Chelsea, you can then get a player on a five year deal and amortize that over the five years. I, I don't plus, see. Plus, you'll be getting that money under the table as well. That You'll be getting that Saudi money under the table. Well, I, if I could <laughs> use some of it to fix the FA Cup draws and not keep drawing Manchester clubs, I'd be fucking happy, lads. I don't see you guys splashing though. Uh, like they won't. I don't see. It's not no. Newcastle. I want to see it though. I want to see it. It's not Newcastle's way, but to, to take Evan's point, and I know we've kind of gone slightly off script here and we've got a lot more to talk about. At some point, 
at some point, the Saudis will not want to play second place. Yeah. Yeah. And I said I said this when Keane was on last time, and I think I said it when I was on with, with, with Julio and the guys the other week there. Manchester City are a big, big shark. They've got money. They've got the investment. They've got the players. They've got the structure, the clubs. And the only thing that can take down a big shark is a bigger fucking shark. Is FFP as well. And that's us. So at yeah. some point, we will get there. I've absolutely no doubts. I hope it's before I pass away. Oh, God willing, yeah. I see I see a trophy. Martin, but, that's a good point, mate, because I, I don't think I don't see there. it in the next I don't see it in the next three to five years. I, we I got really we got Champions League this season. We got Champions League this season. We're three seasons ahead of where we should be. I'll be interested to see what you guys do when the City verdict is given and what happens to City. You'll make a decision based on it. I I I must admit I've been mightily impressed with the way that Stavely's come in and uh, you know really steadied the ship, and I know PAF uh, own eighty percent of it or ninety percent, whatever. But um, she, she's really, all, she's in a bit of trouble now, though, because uh, I don't know if anybody read the Times today. So she did a deal with some Greek shipping magnate, and he's taken her to a bankruptcy court. She owes thirty-seven million in debt to a shipping company. Is that why she sold uh, some of her shares? Do you think? Yeah. So the Rubens took another five percent off her, so she's down yeah, to around. Right. I think she's down to around seven percent or something now. So I I think. She'll remain on the board at some point and help run the club, but I think she will eventually. I think the Rubens, you'll see, because PIF can't. Premier League won't allow them to take any more than eighty percent. Right. Yeah, correct. So yeah. that means, yeah, another another investor's got to come in, which wouldn't surprise me. But I think you'll find that the Ruben Sports Company will take another five six percent and bump theirs to probably around about fifteen percent. Do you know what the thing is? I mean, Newcastle signings. I've been a bit more methodical than I think some maybe would have expected. Like when City first got the money and they started building like a super team from outside the top four, you know, with your Milners and your Barrys and your Santa Cruzes and Bellamy's. Newcastle come in, they've shown we're not going to overspend apart from Chris Wood. Uh, we're going to try and be careful <laughs> with how we spend our money. We got 15 million um, back for him now, let me tell you. Yeah, that was exactly. a good deal. That's- that's the hell did you get million for I tell you why. You're going to love this Morris. one, Shoot, because that's about the only good thing that Dan Ash was fucking done for us. Do you know what the thing is, though? Like, I, I'm personally a believer in if I'm a new owner with loads of money going into a football club, I, I feel like the rule should be I should be Smash given three years, put as much money into the club as, as I want, and then after three years, then you can start Agreed, doing the whole yeah. FFP. Maybe Newcastle. But at the end of the, the, at the end of the day, if you've got money, why should there be FFP? If I've got the money and I can spend it and I can win every cup that's there, why do I care? I don't care if Wolves can't spend is that it, money. Get get new owners. Nobody gave a shit. That's competition to the top six. Nobody yeah. nobody gave a shit when we had Mike Ashley. There wasn't new rules. There wasn't Premier League meetings. There wasn't new sponsorship rules. There wasn't everything. Newcastle got the Saudis. All of a sudden, the fucking rules change. Unfortunately for Evan, unfortunately, unfortunately for Evan, Chelsea have changed the face of football twice. Have, That's yeah. the problem. Slightly there into a, a different and topic. B, and B, That's the Roman era for you. And when Chelsea, Chelsea was sold, because as soon as Chelsea oh, was sold, that was it. Everybody's eyes lit up. Roman in, in, Empire. In particular, yeah. In particular, Man United's and the Glazers, their eyes lit up. Chelsea was sold at two point five. We were six or seven. That's how Man United think. City right now have got this mythical 
mythical turnover of 715 million quid i mean yeah i mean jesus that's, that's purely from what the, the players spend in the canteen is what i've heard yeah exactly so <laughs> where that's come from god only knows and manchester united are probably the probably right now the only really self-sufficient club in terms of turnover to what they can afford to to buy without a benefactor but it'll be interesting to see and i come back to why i i there's just something about pif for me that they're a bit more they're operating with a lot more common sense than chelsea unfortunately evan and you can't really deny that i think i think the thing that people forget is these are serious serious business people well, he is. Uh, they're, not, you know, they're not an American hedge fund who are, you know, operating out of a post office box in Delaware. You know, yeah. like, and no disrespect, I'm not, you know, I'm not on about Bowley here. I'm on about, you know, Burnley's owners, you know, operate out of a, a postal address in Delaware. Yeah, they, they, do. they don't sit on a board. They don't even reside yeah. in the country. So, you know, there's a there's a lot of dodgy owners out there. 777 look to be the next ones with Everton. That's been delayed again, takeover-wise. So, you know, there's a lot of questions to be asked about right and proper owners. But, you know, I think PIF are very, very clever business people, and people can argue it's owned by the country and it's state. Now, listen, I, I'm not even going to get into that. These are people that own huge companies around the world, from Facebook to Twitter to Disney. P&O. They're not mugs in any way, shape, or form. The other piece that people tend to forget is, as part of the Premier League deal, Newcastle have got to be cleaner than clean. Because if we put a foot wrong, it's legally binding that if we mess up, ownership gets killed. It does. Yeah, literally, we get thrown out of the league. So like we've got to do it. In the Absolutely. Of, like, we've got to do it better and cleverer and smarter but I like than that. every other club in the league. But I, I like that because, you know, we're going to have to do the same. Ratcliffe knows that. He's got no choice. We're going to have to do the same. Um, you know, City will be in the first division soon. Everyone will be happy. I was going to say, Northern Prem beckons for City. That, that, right? that, that deal... Um, is going to open up a whole can of worms because depending on what happens with City, and, and to be fair, Evan's probably not a bad case either because if the penalty for destroying FFP and spending and spending a bit of money is a six-point deduction, then at some point, the Newcastle just go, do you know what? Fuck it. We'll spend a billion and take the six points. Yeah. I totally agree. But the thing about uh, City... Th sorry, uh, Lee, I know, I know you want to move on to the... Uh, I know. So, yeah, we hijacked it, mate. Sorry. No, please, by all means, go on. I'm, I'm enjoying out of, this. Out of 115 charges, 10 have got to stick, haven't they? I mean, oh, surely. Minimum. You'd be thinking 10% you of them have to stick, yeah, at least. You'd have to. Yeah. I, I mean, I can't imagine that the Premier League would go after City. Absolutely. At all. Like, you know, hold on, Shane makes a good point there. City will get a slap in the wrist. Do you think they just throw money at the problem? Like they've so much, have so much money. The question, the question you've got to ask is why money and only get a slap why, in the wrist. Why, the why is day, why right? is it taking why is it taking ten years? But it only took six weeks to do Everton. Everton well, Everton have money. Got you have yeah, Everton were very. They got involved. They went, yeah, we Everton know we've said, messed up. Yeah, but here's Everton how we've messed up, and here's how we've yeah. tried to fix yeah, it. Yeah. And they've gone, well, Great. Surely, you know, the, the two years is slightly extravagant in my. You know, I I tell you what. If that was Newcastle, <laughs> right? If if New if Newcastle went I'm and blew that, and mm -hmm. there was a dodgy deal between a company in Saudi and Newcastle, and we got a fifty million investment, I guarantee you we'd be up before the Premier League and in front of the books within fucking six weeks. I guarantee no, you. No, I agree with that. I agree with I that. I guarantee you. 
and it would be expedited well, to the point. That'd be the Newcastle throw the money at, and then that you have stashed away. Listen, there's a point coming because I would say the likes of Chelsea, the likes of United, the likes of Liverpool, Newcastle are all sitting to wait and see what happens because they're going to look at it and they're going to go, well, hang on. If you can get 150 charges, get nothing, a slap on the wrist, and still maintain all your leagues and cups, fuck it. FFP is a joke. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I'm going to go and I'm going to spend two billion. I'm going to win every single cup. And what? It's going to cost me six points. I ain't going to get relegated because I'll just go and buy another little place. So this is why I I, I think (laughs) City will get. I I think City will get turned over somehow. I don't know how, but I I think. think I think they have to make something (laughs) stick because they've got to make a point because otherwise the rules are are gone. FFP is gone. You're a smart chap. If you were the Premier League, you wouldn't think about it. Talking to my wife, obviously. Well, well, she's <laughs> <took me a laughs> <few quick. laughs> yeah. Flattery will get you everywhere, Stu. Brownie <laughs> points. Brownie points. My point being that if you were if you were the Premier League and you were Scudamore at the time or Masters today, you wouldn't go anywhere near touching City unless you were one hundred percent convinced you're yeah, going to win. Absolutely. Surely, because of the money involved, as, as Evan quite rightly said, here you go. Yeah. Their case has got to be ironclad because, as I said to you, if City, if City overturn even one of those 115, like, listen, when we got the Premier League case, we took them and we had Nick DeMarco, right? One of the best sports QCs in the world. Yeah, yeah. And and as soon as he got involved and they ironed out whatever problems there were, we got that takeover agreed. It took us two years, two years to get a takeover, but he got that done. If Chelsea are going to get something stuck, I guarantee you they've got the best QCs, sports lawyers in the world. That are looking at that, that will come up with something. And if the Premier League get it wrong, that league, Masters, Scudamore, that league is fucked. It's gone. FFP, PSR, it's gone. It's gone. Because UEFA won, though, didn't they? The UEFA president came out and said they actually beat City, but it wasn't, it it was only cast that, and they were right, apparently. So, you know, City, whatever, you, you, you've got to do something. But uh, sorry, uh, Julio, uh, I'm, I'm ready with my top five. Yeah, yeah, I've got mine. Yeah, yeah we're good and to go. I'm, I'm struggling with my worst because Man United probably can field all of those. I don't know. Chelsea give them a run for their money, literally. <laughs> well, I don't know. It, it was tough. It was tough to keep it equal. It was tough Gemba, to keep it equal. Gemba. Jesus, that was only three. That was off the top of my head without it. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. New, Newcastle signed Patrick Clivert. <laughs> <laughs> I've, put, I've, put, I've put Martin. Uh, there's worth I've there's put worth a Newcastle player in there, a recent Newcastle player in there. Okay, that's very good. Signings. That's all now. I think I think it's important to know, right? I we probably forgot to say this at the start, but I I did have some kind of rule system in place. Oh. Um, I might just Sorry get then. him out there just to just to see how it changes your um your system of best and worst. I just find him here now. Uh, we not meant we not meant to tell us this before we picked the fucking two lots of five, no? Yeah, yeah. we were. That's 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 on me now. Cheers, pal. Yeah, we're playing keen, right? So the, here's what I had in mind, right? So player has to be signed while the club was or is in the Premier League. Okay, I'm still good with them. I'm well, right. I'm right. still okay. Yeah. Yeah, I'm still in. No loan players. Oh, I'm yeah. still good. Yep, carry on. Yeah. yeah. Uh, accomplishments, accomplishments, uh, while at the club do count. So I'm not bothered about it. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's good. Yeah. No, I still got some. And academy right. player, 
academy players don't count. Grant, I'm in. Academy. All, all right. fine. We all good. Okay. On, yeah. yeah. All good. Yeah. Happy days. Okay. One, one question I'll, I'll like put it. out there first. Did you all consider how the business was done as well? Yes. I looked at pricing and I looked at value for money and I looked at what they brought to their new club. Uh, yeah. Yes and no. I, I've just looked at what they brought to the club. Uh, I looked at what, the way I went about is how much they were bought for and if they were sold, profit made. Yeah, I didn't go with the sole piece. I looked to just move from club to club, what it cost and what what they were as a player was what I went with. Yeah. Like Stu, not necessarily accomplishments, because I yeah. put a couple in there that wouldn't necessarily, you would say, were massive accomplishments, but they, for me, some of them changed the game or changed the club is what I went for. That's a fair point, actually, yeah. Yeah. No worries. Yeah. Martin, I'll come yeah. to you first. Okay, man. Give me your best okay i'll run through them very quickly i will have to glance at my notes so my number one um best ever premier league signing i went for terry Henry, um, who went from juve to arsenal in 99 for 14.5 million um wasn't as prolific as a shearer or an aguero um but he was on record one of the only players in history to have a 2020 season and by that i mean he scored 24 goals and had 20 assists in one season in 2002-2003 so for me he changed the face of arsenal he was one of the best strikers to hit the premier league and for 14 million was a savage player um i kind of stuck with the arsenal theme and my second player was patrick vieira um went from milan to arsenal for 4.8 million in 1996 um wasn't as energetic but i think for me he was the first midfielder i really thought was what we call the modern day box to box engine he was a savage engine could tackle was aggressive and his battles with roy Keane during those premier league years was one of the best i think we've ever witnessed in premier league football my third signing um again might strike a few and i went for eric Cantona from Leeds to Manchester United for 1.6 million in 1992. That's 1.2. 1.2, there you go. 1. Um, 2. Yeah. 63 oh, goals in the 100. Is completely different. Is it? Oh, there you go. Uh, I think, 60... I'm going to get on the shocky. <laughs> 63 goals in 143 appearances, um, an absolute legend. And I think he was a catalyst in some of United's best years. Um, unfortunately, oh, cost okay. Newcastle the league, so I fucking hate them. But anyway. Um, and I think you'll never, ever forget, for me, one of his best goals was the chipped lob over Sunderland's goalkeeper when he literally just turned up the collar and he stood with his hands on the hips and just took the, the accomplishment. So for me, Sorry, crack and play. did you just blame Cantona for you lot not winning the league? <laughs> this, was, this was the second time around. This wasn't when we when we bottled it after being 12 points ahead. This was when we were, were, were literally chasing Man United and uh, he cost us the league. Um, yeah, after okay. we lost one chill No, no, just for clarity. Yeah, that's fine. I'm not bitter about it at all. I move on. Um, right. My, my number four signing, um, and I've gone slightly different, but for good reasons. I've gone for Alan Shearer. Now, oh. I haven't gone for the 15 million deal to Newcastle. I have gone for the deal of 4.1 million from Southampton to Blackburn. 1992. First ever player to have three 30-goal seasons in a row. 
invented what was the best ever strike partnership for me in the SAS, Shearer and Sutton. Mm -hmm. First one to, obviously, they, they won their title and is one and only ever title in 1995 with Blackburn. Went on then to get a 15 million move to Newcastle in 1996, is the best ever Premier League striker and ever will be, and there will nobody will be ever be better with 206 goals. So for a 4.1 million signing. statement. Absolutely. There'll be no. Now, Harlan might beat him. Goal I, don't know. I reckon, I reckon Stu could have pocketed him on his day. Possibly, yeah. <laughs> but no other defender could. Um, so that was my number four. Oh my yeah. God. Very, very quickly then, my number five, and, and this is my kind of rank outsider. I went for Andy Cole from Bristol City to Newcastle for 1.5 million. Ooh. 84. Reading back the years there. Yeah, absolutely. Um, 84 goals in 63 games. Had two 40-goal seasons. Called the goal. And then, obviously, 93-94 was his first 40-goal season. And then, obviously, he broke all Newcastle hearts when Kevin Keegan sold him to our arch-rivals. But what we didn't know at the time was it opened the gateway in 1996 after the Euros for Newcastle to bring the legend home who was Alan Shearer. So that's my top five, lads, and the reasons why. Very decent. I've got a top five, but obviously I haven't had a chance to research the the background that uh, Martin's gone into, but... Um, yeah, there are some hefty stats there now. I don't have that much either. But yeah. No, and that was just very, very quickly. But yeah, no, the kind of... The, the first... I think the first four were actually pretty easy, to be fair. Um, well, I'll challenge just... Thierry Henry. I will challenge... Okay, go. And I will raise you Sir Dennis Bergkamp. Oh, yes. I did look at... I did look at Bergkamp, I have to be honest. Uh, no, I, I, my toss was uh, Henry... And Burkamp, to be fair, but I landed on Burkamp okay. by his sheer quality yeah. of first touch and his ability to uh, dig the ball out, almost Letitia esque in terms of his ability to finish from the most ridiculous and peculiar angles you've ever seen. And I cite probably my favourite Premier League goal outside of Manchester United. The uh, fabled twist, which I think was up at Newcastle. It was, yes. Um, uh, yes, when he, he ran through our defence. I've never seen anyone take the ball and twist at the same time and keep mm -hmm. it on his toe. Mm -hmm. and then Now, the, the, the question is, though, was that meant or was that a fluke? Well, um, if it was me, it was definitely meant. I, I would mean that all day long, even if I did fluke it. Uh, because it was. I just hope it was meant. Because if not, that was the worst fucking defending you're likely to see. It was terrible, but, but uh, <laughs> it's poetry in motion, though, wasn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Way. Yeah, no, it was a fantastic goal. Remember uh, the ninety? I think it was a ninety-four World Cup where he took one down against Argentina. Quite an acute angle, very, very similar. Yeah, popped it back on his left and uh, scored. Bergkamp for me, fantastic player. I, okay. I, I, if I think a player is fantastic, I hate the fucker. So I hate. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, uh, I agree. I agreed with you. Yeah, that's my argument. Yeah, it's tough to are... another player at another club that gave you so much pain. It well, is. It, it is tough. Yes, it is. Like uh, I agree. Oh, yeah, he's all right. I don't hate him. I don't hate him, so he's okay. Uh, I agree with you, uh, Martin, on Cantona. Um, but I think there's a better chip, and I've always said this: uh, Sheffield United in the FA Cup. It's a more measured. 
uh, chip. Uh, it was at Bramall Lane, brilliant goal there. But Cantona changed the face of Manchester United and the face of British football. Um, you know, had a trial at Sheffield Wednesday. <laughs> they didn't take him up, I couldn't believe it. Goes to Leeds and a fluke phone call. <laughs> Leeds wanting Dennis Irwin. No, piss off, but we'll have Eric off here. Thanks very much. <laughs> 1.2-0. Unbelievable bit of business. Ridiculous, yeah. Another player that I absolutely despise uh, is my <laughs> third choice. I hate him. I would stamp on him if he came anywhere near me. And that is Rodri. He is phenomenal. Mm. He is complete. Rodri. Yeah. I, I, now, um, I had Makaleli at first, who changed the way that Chelsea played and changed the way of a central midfielder. Yeah. I think Rodri has taken it to a next level. He yeah. is phenomenal. Hold on now, Sue. I think this this is, I think you're getting mistaken. This is signings, best Premier League signings ever now. And you're putting Rodri in third. No, I, I think, think yeah, he's not. Yeah, I think it's a good goal. I did play around with the City player, but I kind of looked at David Silva. I thought, yeah, I thought you might have gone De Bruyne. Um, yeah, but he was way for Chelsea, wasn't he? But no, yeah. R- Rodri is it, it's close between Makaleli and, and and Rodri. I think Makaleli was a better uh, central midfielder than, than Roy Keane. Mac well, Makaleli invented the CDM role, really. Hundred percent. Well, yeah, but, but I just think Rodri yeah, is the modern day. Yeah, I, I've never seen anything like Rodri right now. Yeah. He's the only player that you, you, you take him out of the team, they lose. I've never seen that in all my years of watching and playing. As, football. Yeah, I, I think as much as De Bruyne no, is good, I think Rod, I think Rodri's the best midfielder in the world at the moment. He's he's out of this world. So I I pump with Rodri. So Rodri gets gets my tick. Um, another Has one. Some big game moments as well, Rodri. It was a fair, fair, fair chunk, yeah, chunk. something like 63 or something, yeah, yeah. yeah. It was a fair, it was a fair chunk, but I would take that. I think a bargain does come into it, into this whole topic then as well, like. There are there's an argument for a bargain, but my next one wasn't particularly. Well, he was a bargain when you. I think I think Chelsea paid thirty million for him or twenty five million for him, and I think he, he went to Real Madrid. You'll know who I'm talking about for hundred odd million, and that is of course the majestic Eden Hazard. Again, absolute wanker, can't stand. <laughs> but what a fucking player. He changed Chelsea again, you know. He, he rewrote Chelsea again, single-handedly won games for you. Uh, why we why he chose Chelsea over Manchester United, I'll never know. I, I think he must be scratching his head, the numpty, as to why he went to Chelsea rather than the greatest team on the planet. But he did. But I like the way that he could take the ball and drift. He just drifted around players. He was, you know, strong, stocky, knew where the goal was. Really good assist rates. I just, no, oh, he's a brilliant player. And my final one, which I don't hate, by the way, and rivals um, Sir Alan Shearer for me, and that is the one and only Rude Van Nistelrooy. Now, he was a phenomenon in front of goal. I defy anybody to tell me he was not the perfect finisher. He's not as good as Shearer outside the box, he wasn't as strong. A Shearer wasn't as good in the air as Shearer. Couldn't really take a free kick like Shearer, but fuck me. 
he put the ball in there and he had a sniff, just walk away. If you're Roy Keane or anyone else, you're just turning away because the ball's in for Rude. Rude's in there, it's a goal. He was by far my favourite Premier League striker. And we got him a year, as you all know, after a very, very serious career-threatening injury. And we paid 19 million quid for him. So my five are Burkamp, Cantona, Rodri, Hazard, and Reed Van Nistelrooy. And they are in no nice. particular they're in no particular order, by the way. Um I take your point about yeah. Rodri Evan. I take your point about Rodri Evan, but I I I just wow. Let, let me I tell think you Rodri is a mad one. I think I think that's a I know. big well, let me tell you let me tell you something about Rodri. Let me tell you something about this guy. If you put him in your team today, it'd make a huge difference. If you put him in your team in 2010, it'd make a huge difference. If you put him alongside Roy Keane, it'd have made a massive difference to Manchester United. He's the type of player, fucker, that you could put in any team. And not yeah. just a modern day team, but any team in the Premier League yeah. era. Fair shells, it is. And that's all it is. And somebody, somebody's put Vincent Company on there for six. I again, I, I, but there's, you've only got five to play with. Yeah. Because, because you would consider Yapstam, you would consider Vidic, you would, you know, yeah. you would consider these David players. Silver, yeah. you, you can't damn it, If you consider one person. You, you also have to consider another person then. Yeah. That's so what killed the video on this list. But, but when you're making the list up, though, it's very much it's very much opinionated. And for me, I looked at players that I just loved watching. So the, this is yeah. this is where my list. But here's, here's, here's the players that impacted. Yeah, here's a funny one then. Here's, a, here's the real tricky one. And Evan would never pick him in a million years. But why wouldn't you pick Fernando Torres? You wouldn't pick Fernando Torres because he was Chelsea time. You forget everything that he did at Liverpool. And how yeah. awesome, awesome he was at Liverpool. Yes, I love Torres. Torres is one of my favourite players growing up. I love them. But would you I consider him as well? Yeah, it's one of those. So anyway, that's is, my that was my top five. Yeah. But in no particular order. But uh, yeah, I'm happy Very with my selection. Right. I think I think this this might shock you. know, I I'm gone completely left field. I thought I thought he's more on the same side of things. But right, so my number one right is Ashley Cole from Chelsea from Arsenal, six point five million. The man is without a doubt the best left back to ever grace the Premier League, and second best left back in the whole entire world. And the only person that tops it for me is Marcelo. I think Marcelo just needs him. Um. I think he's. I love Marcelo. I love. I love. Philip Lahm, no. What's that? You wouldn't consider Philip Lahm to be better than Marcelo? No, no. I think Marcelo. I, I, I love. I love watching highlights and uh, of Marcelo. Um, I pulled it there. I pulled it there. It's. It would have been. You'd have to pull it. Yeah, the hair, the hair is mad. I think. I think Marcelo is exceptional, and uh, like I said, I think he's the only man that beats out Ashley Cole for me. Actually, was a great chance. Solid throughout years and years and years between Arsenal and Chelsea. It was just absolutely sensational. Number part two of for nucleus me as well. Sorry, just part of that nucleus as well of Czech drug by Lampard Terry that carried exactly. Chelsea for years it's after Exactly. Like when you when you when you mention Chelsea in their prime, right? Everyone says the backbone is Czech Terry Lampard Drogba. And yeah. Ashley Cole always gets left out and it, it kills me. It kills me. Because he is, like I said, without on without a doubt, 
the best the best fullback to ever grace the Premier League. And it'll be tough to find another man like it. Now there is there is shouts for others, but it's gonna be hard. Right, for my number two then it is it has been said in the comments, it's Cristiano Ronaldo. Right. And I think I think he said it was was for twelve million, I thought it was around fifteen, seventeen million. Um he went to the United for. But to get a player like that um for seventeen million and to do what he done in the Premier League and then to go on to nab a, a profit of of seventy million and then to go on to win Ballon d'Ors and be argue, arguably the greatest player to ever grace the field alongside Messi. Like to be up in that argument is is madness. And that is a brilliant transfer. I think it's one of the best signs of the Premier League. Obviously, that's why he's in my um in my list. Number three, right? And I thought this one was a brilliant one, is none other than Van der Sar. Van der Sar, two million United got him for two million. And leave that sink in. What he done at United was absolutely sensational. And to be the second best or the best, he's up there with Czech in Premier League history of best goalkeepers, like, for two million. Am I mad here, like? Mm. That is a sensational signing. So it is. Absolutely sensational. Exceptional. It, it was, For me... It's one I don't yeah. think none of you ever thought about was keepers. I, I didn't... I didn't I, no one looked yeah, at keepers, I and I knew that going in. No one looked at keepers. No, I did. I, I did look at a keeper, but I didn't. No, I just kind of I, I no, drifted no back. And, that's why I two threw million. me Andy Cole in. Yeah. <laughs> two million was a brilliant. Vandersar was well. He was such a complete goalkeeper. Well, class. and I think he'd do just. I think he'd be even better now in this era because he was so exactly. good with his feet. But the one thing I loved about such him head, was he was so ahead of even his in time. even in his late thirties. He made everything look easy. Mm. Went from a long range free kick, yeah. he wouldn't do the whole camera flying save. He'd take the two steps necessary to his right to catch the ball. Exactly. And he made and even the top saves, he made them look so so easy. And I, I just I I loved him for that. Just made I just like was so comfortable having him in goal. And for, like, for a player like that to get for two million from Fulham mm. is fucking that's insane. Yeah. So moving on to my fourth one then. And I'm surprised none of you had him in there. And I argued this was the last week we had we had our our best in in the league, I think. You guys but did, for me yeah. it was Fabregas on a free, believe yeah. it or not. Fabregas was a sensational player. Come yep. on now. Sensational player to come from Barca on a free to Arsenal. And to be so good and do what he done for Barca to want him back for what was it, 50 million, 40, 50 million? Mm. That's that's a big chunk of profit. That and that's that's I think that's one of the key components in this is best. They could do with that now. What's that? They could do with that profit now. Bless yeah, it. well, there you go. Like, but that that's a sensation. That's a sensational fucking transfer, like I think, in my opinion. And number five, I I did get. I did get a toss-up between this, and it did come down to Man City's Aguero and Chelsea's Hazard. I think he made some brilliant points about Hazard. He was absolutely exceptional. Carried Chelsea for a lot of the years. Um, And also Aguero. Aguero, for me, being an absolute lion, an absolute lethal menace for City throughout the years, 
and it's a shame he didn't get longer on the ball with his his conditions that he was in and it's he was magical to watch and i don't care who he is for he was magical to watch yeah. he is up there one of the best premier league strikers um to be to have the most scores against we'll say most goals against most of the premier league is managed like i think sean sean put it into the group chat there and it shows up players of who scored most against this club this club this club and this club and aguero's name pops up the most out of everyone that is magical so it's magical but yeah they're there so they're my my top ones is is ashley cole ronaldo van der sar fabregas and a mix between aguero and hazard them for number five i, I would say that all three lists have got their merits. Yeah. Because, because we kind of uh, look at it all from three different viewpoints. And and Hazard, for me, I, I, I see why you would go with Aguero, uh, you know, t- tough one with, with Hazard. But for me, Hazard just had that little je ne sais quoi. Yeah. That Aguero is sensational. That is the only that's the only tipping point for me. I between think, I think Evan's point about Aguero having a couple more seasons or a couple more, you know, two or three more years yeah. on the ball, I think you know he probably would have surpassed Shearer's record without without a shadow of a yeah. doubt. And I think you think you know if, if you're of any kind of football fan and you say the name Aguero, it instantly takes you back to the day they first won the league when he scores that last minute winner. <laughs> And Martin Tyler screams Aguero, and it's just like it's I an instant. It. Do you know, know what? It's funny though, Martin. When it, when they gave him a statue after he uh, became City's all-time leading goal scorer with ten goals, I think it was ten or whatever it was. <laughs> it was but the thing is, is even picking that no moment, right? even picking that moment as a Chelsea man, I I think that moment is a magical. I think it's iconic. It, it's iconic, exactly. It's switching back and forth between. The city or the city match and the yeah, United match. What's going on? And the time countdown. And all you hear is Balotelli, Aguero. And actually, a fun fact that's, I think, correct me if I'm wrong, that's Balotelli's only assist for City. It was his that, only, yeah, it was, moment. I think, yeah, something like that. It was crazy. But I think that, that, that goal, um, you know, and that moment of, of Tyler shouting out Aguero and, you know, Mancini jumping up and down and stuff. When I go back to that memory, I can, I, I know exactly where I was, what I was doing, who I was with at that exact point in time, even though, you know, I didn't support City or, or, you know, I wasn't even really interested in the title race, but I can tell you exactly where I was that year at that time, at that exact moment in my life when yeah. I seen that go in. And you remember Whole it. Statement. Whole statement. Is it the most iconic moment in Premier League history? Both statements. It's up there. I think it's worth the shout. It's, it's one of uh, them. Eric Cantona's uh, goal up at St. James's Park where he sliced across it and it goes into the corner now. I think it was uh, so it's certainly checking goal. Right? Uh, the thing is, if you go down town, I have a few. I think Aguero's goal is there. Shearer breaking Jackie Milburn's record for me of has course. to be up there. Two hundred one against yeah, yeah. against Portsmouth, yeah. um, with a knockdown from uh, from Amiobi. Yeah. Um, I think another one, another one. Um, uh, what was the other one? I was thinking of. I had three. Um, Aguero, Shearer. Um, I think um, 
Suarez with the with the long with the with the with the volley um against Norwich when he kind of scores and Beckham's from the halfway line, a four that yeah. stick in my head straight away. I think an honorable mention is Van Persie's goal from that long the pass. The volley yeah. by Rooney Also Vincent Company's final game. That was also a cracker. Yeah, well, we, we, yeah, and, yeah, yeah. And if you go back to the Premier League days, Tony Tony Adams had a goal to win Arsenal the league. Yeah, that's a shout. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Anyway, sorry, yeah. We, we're off on a tangent again. Sorry. That's yeah. fine. That's fine. That's what this is all about. It, it, what, what the vibe of this show is all about, it wouldn't be what it is without tangents. Now, we're going to go in reverse order. Evan, give me your top five worst signings. Okay, worst ones. I think I've said this a hundred one times. The last Enzo, year. I think everyone. Modric, Jackson. There is there is Chelsea players in this, but like I think um, I think everyone's number one should be the same. If it's not, it, I think it's it, it's madness. And for me, that's Lukaku, ninety-seven million. Uh, he's on my list. Million for what for? For near, not even ten goals, I'd say he just talking over. He scored. 10 million he's, he scored nine goals and went on strike. Nine, effectively, went on strike. Yeah, like he went back to Inter. More than ten million a goal is absolutely insane for me. Yeah, no, he's on my list. Fucking madness. My number two, Danny Drinkwater. Oh, fucking crazy! Thirty. That was a panic buy. Fucking what 12 13 games, yeah, and it's just fucking ah, oh, it, it that was a crazy signing. That was to be fair, you could sense. also you could also throw Fafana in there, uh, and yeah, Fafana's injuries, injuries, injuries yeah, there. He's, he's injured for it, it, see, that's this is the it's thing, it's still a full financial if he's on your list, that's fair enough. But it's not on my list, he just sprung to me head. Yeah, go on. Yeah, he's yeah, not on So, anyway, moving on. My number three is not other than Mr. 007, Mr. Not Treated with Respect, Jaden Sancho. 75 million, and look at the outcome. This is what happens when you don't show players love. This is this is the deal at United. No money winding you up. But, um, <laughs> yeah, no, I think that, that, that's, that was a very poor transfer. Um, very poor transfer. Uh, number four, I think we there was a lot of talks to this in the group chat as well. Is Arsenal's Pepe another seventy-five million man? One, by the way. Yeah, I knew I knew you would another seventy-five million man. Um, always brings me back to the question of, or even the the statement Jose Mourinho made. Look at where they play, how they play, if they play for seventy-five million man. They, it's it's madness that the Arsenal spent that money in the first place. Then to, to spend it on him, come out of here, come out of here. And finally, for my last one, then this might upset Julio again is Anthony. Ninety-five million. No, the man, the I man has done what, four or five tumbles. Pepe, though. Do you mm. think the man has done four or five tumbles for ninety-five million? Anthony, that makes Anthony a worse signing for me than Pepe. Pepe's goals and assists weren't actually that bad. And from what I saw of Pepe, he could beat a man. 
The only thing was he came into a team and I don't think he fit the system under Arteta. But the thing is, the thing is for me, why why Anthony is lower down than Pepe is it comes down to time. Anthony is only there a wet week. We know how long Pepe has been there for. So that's why Anthony is fifth for me and Pe- Pepe is fourth. That's that's what it came down for me anyway. Yeah. So it, I it, think it, the key it does come with down the Pepe to- one though, I will say this is the difference between the eye test and the statistics. The statistics aren't actually that bad if you go look at his record. But mm. the thing is yeah, with they, the eye they, test, they would score two goals and then not score for ages and then yeah. would have a goal involvement somewhere. But you have to give Anthony, Anthony that time, I'm not though. seeing either sometimes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, don't, well, don't worry. Pepe, Pepe and Anthony don't appear in my list. Um, no? No. If this is just a list full of five Who's on your players, list? I'll crack off. I'll crack off. Is there a bunch my, of list, my list, and Martin will chuckle at this one because he's probably forgotten <laughs> about it because otherwise I'm sure he put it on. And that is the fabled Chelsea Winston, never seen in the first team, Bo Harder. <laughs> who sat around on 40 grand a week doing absolutely (laughs) fuck all. He put his hands together. And I can't believe you didn't pick him over. Yeah, no, no. Martin's grinning. I didn't didn't put him on. Yeah, I didn't forget. But yeah, no. I I have got something just as bad, which um, I've also... also, a bad one, but also quite comical and somebody I would always class as a legend, but I'll get to mine. Yeah. So, Bo Harder. Again, these are in no particular order, by the way. Uh, the next one is Cleberson. Uh, came with a huge fanfare Brazil captain and was dross. There's not a lot to say about Cleberson. He was dross. I could have put in there Jemba Jemba. I could have put in there the Flying Bebe. You know, I could have put Dong in there. I could, have, you know, there are there are certain players that um, Shinji Kagawa would have been another one flattered to deceive. This one might shock you, uh, but it won't shock Martin. If any of you uh, have heard of a player called Paolo Futre, he was at one point in time considered in the same breath as Maradona, as Eusebio. Oh. And he came to no no word of a lie. He was a wonderful, wonderful player, wonderful player. And he came to West Ham in ninety six, ninety seven. I think it was. I've heard this story. I've heard Harry Redknapp tell this story. Have you, oh you yeah. Have, yeah, 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 yeah. He, yeah, he, he fucked off on uh, the first day of the season at Arsenal yeah. because he didn't wear because of the jersey. Yeah, he only had to wear number ten. Played nine games. Criminal. Criminal. He should have absolutely graced the Premier League. He was a wonderful footballer, wonderful footballer. He got everything, flowing locks, although I wouldn't have liked that, but flowing locks. He was <laughs> wonderfully talented left foot. He was a top, 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 top player, but he only played nine times, and that's a, that's a shame. He couldn't get to grips with number 16, always number 10. Um, I've thrown a bit of a, a bit of a funny one in here because I think it's hilarious, and this is for Martin and Martin only, and that is, <laughs> and that is Tanali, because oh, he's, oh, clearly, he's been trying. because he is clearly a talent, a fucking oh fucking great footballer. It better be when we get him back in August. <laughs> but nobody, but nobody can tell me that isn't the fuck up of all fuck ups. Just for you, Stu, just so you know, and 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 any of the United fans watching this, 
Dan Ashworth does not do due diligence. Just so you fucking know. Right? <laughs> I didn't realise that. <laughs> oh, he didn't know that. That he had that betting against him. Milan were rubbing their fucking hands. I know. And the reason I put him in there is not Awful. to fuck you. Not to play, not to fuck you. Because he's a uh, he's a, he's gonna be a baller. When you look at it, baller. when you look at it. So wait, 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 Stuart. So Tonali is, is number four or three, is he? Uh, they're in no particular order. Oh, right, right, right. They're right. in no particular order. But Tonali for me has to feature because that's what all this is about. Worst Premier League signings yeah. right now. No, it's a good point. He's, he will go down in history as the worst one if he doesn't well, have He's got to be this season. Depending on how he comes on. back. Depending on how he comes back and if he balls then after. He but will. at the moment, that is a fair show, but you yeah, have to get him He will, he will absolutely come back. Although he is being investigated yeah. by the FA now, separately. Yeah. I think they're going to they're going to throw something at him as well, which is a. Piss no, I think he'll come back in the summer and get sold. I, I I don't think he will. I think he'll be a baller in that midfield. that Bruno, Joe Linton, and Tonali are going to rock next yeah. season. Yeah, he's, he's, he's a hell of a player. He's a hell of a player. Yeah, um, but but you know, in today, it's a bad sign, isn't it? At, yeah, yeah, no, moment, absolutely. At the Listen, moment, it's a bad sign. It's killing like me. I said, this when he Yeah, this is where I come down on my final, and I've got a bit of a split decision here. Um, and it is Lukaku and uh, Balotelli. Now, Lukaku, oh Evan has articulated why he's a bad signing. Balotelli, he should be number one for everyone. Right, he's number one. Well, yeah, he's no particular. Winston, you can't. Winston Bohard has got to be number one for everyone. Yeah. <laughs> um, Balotelli. If you were playing with him, you would absolutely kick the living shit out of him for being an absolute. He was an arsehole. Yeah, arsehole. He was an arsehole. He had got some major talents, <laughs> some absolute major talents. You know, he, he was. He could have gone on to run a Ballon d'Or. He was that good when he was younger. If he could have just focused himself, but he couldn't be bothered. He couldn't be asked. And I think. Whatever City paid for him, which was twenty-five summit million quid, they've wasted it. Like, what did Liverpool, Liverpool paid up in the thirties? Did they? No, Liverpool paid about sixteen, I think. Sixteen in the end, oh, yeah. They, oh, it was yeah, a lot higher than lack that. of a good yeah. se season so, and a bit in Milan. So, although Lukaku should be on the top of everyone's list, he he, he draws with Balotelli for me because I think Balotelli is equally as 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 bad, really. The Lukaku when he was at West Ham. And he came on and scored. Three, uh, sorry, not West Ham, West Brom. West Brom. Uh, when he came on and scored three fucking goals in Fergie's last day, was unstoppable and totally unplayable. And he was unplayable. Everton was where he was best. At Everton. Mm. And then he comes yeah. to us and he's a knob. And, he, <laughs> and we got rid of him. You can really hear the daffling hatred in it. And into Milan pulled your kegs down <laughs> as well. We pulled into Milan's down, into Milan pulled yours down. But I think Balotelli's equally as culpable uh, for being uh, a poor signing. So, uh, Winston Bohada, of course. Um, Cleberson, of course. Tonali, apologies, but I think it's fair. Yeah. Futre, just a disaster, just a, an absolute. <laughs> I'm so I'm so disappointed. I never got to see him play. And uh, Balotelli, Lukaku, those are my. That's a very interesting one. Now I wasn't expecting any of them of anyone being honest with you. Some I can't believe you crossed my mind. Chelsea fan, come on. Yeah, Chelsea. no, some of them didn't even cross my mind. 
Because man, yeah. when you get into these kind of things, it, it's the players you forget or it's the players bit, you leave out. Yeah, that's and you only realise when you're back and forth between between the lads. Like, it's a mad one. Yeah, yeah, totally agree. Yeah. Martin, okay. then. Martin, we moving on. Here we go. Um, again, like Stu, no particular order. Um, we've kind of covered Lukaku, so I won't, <laughs> I won't kind of double back over him, but he's on my list. Um, yeah. My kind of also on my list is is one we've already mentioned as well, which was Anthony. And I suppose for me, what why I would signify he he's a bad signing is because Miguel Almiron has more goals and assists than he does. <laughs> I like Miguel Almiron though. I, I like him. Him. If if you want somebody that runs around like a headless chicken and scores an occasional whopper of a goal, yes, absolutely, he's yeah. your man. Um, but for for return of revenue, Almiron's not far off Anthony, but he has got more goals and assists. He has. Yeah. Um, I went slightly uh, slightly off tangent then, and I'm one that I picked up on that nobody's really spoken about is I went for Wilfred Bonny from Swansea to Manchester City. Oh, yeah. no, I did consider, consider him. Um, uh, bought like, um, twenty eight million, bought for and sold for eleven. Um, yeah, eleven goals. Yeah, I, did I think the song saves it for me. The song saves it for me. Yeah. So, eleven um, he, goals. He, eleven That's goals. Nine yeah. More than I remember. Yeah, eleven. Yeah, eleven <laughs> goals. Yeah, eleven in forty-six. That was his appearances. Yeah, it's um, but in fairness, that that's a good that's a good contribution in comparison to a lot of other. Premier yeah, yeah absolutely. But again, I suppose City were at that point where they were splashing the cash, were, and he'd had a so. semi-good season at Swansea. Yeah. Um, and you know, Swansea were doing well. I think Martinez was there, if I remember rightly. Um, and and Swan, Swan, Swansea were, were, were really ticking, and, and Bonnie was yeah. their main man. So to get him, no, do you know what you know, to go to City? Gary Monk was at Swansea. Swansea ah, okay. were having a good season, and City had an injury crisis with their strikers. Took him, like, yeah. They loaned out a couple, and then Aguero, Jeco, and Jovetic were all injured. <laughs> So oh, they needed yeah. a striker. It was something they that they got a hold of him money. quick enough or something. Yeah. But so he he's on my list because I think if you if you're a City fan, you're looking at him with that investment at the time. That thirty million was, you know, what City were doing was probably a fairly big fee for someone like that. So mm. I kind of threw him in. Yeah. Um, Evan Evan might like this one. So my another one on my list was um, Andrei Shevchenko. Ah. Oh, AC oh, Milan I, to Chelsea. I was only I was only waiting for someone to bring it up. And um, 40 million, million which at the time in 2006 was a British record. Yes. Um, but obviously see, flying, is, flying Douglas, high. Douglas was balling though at the time. Like, but see, this yeah. isn't, this isn't, I'm not sure if you're a Chelsea fan. So if you actually go back and you look at it, Drogba actually was in one of the worst droughts of his time. He was and at the time, but then when Shevchenko came in. They signed Shevchenko and all of a sudden... Drogba turned off, into exactly. fucking Maradona, exactly. Yeah, and exactly. Drogba hit form, and over that time, Shevchenko, all you got for that forty million was nine goals. I yeah. did consider Shevchenko. I, I did, I, I did. But I, I thought I thought Balotelli was a, a poorer yeah. signing. Shevchenko, because when he signed, when the thing for me, you know, everybody knew about Shevchenko. And when he signed for Chelsea, I was exactly. like, brilliant. Yeah. He's in the Premier League. That's a fucking amazing signing. You know, as much as I didn't like him going to Chelsea, but you're really excited to see what he could do and tear it up. And it just never yeah. happened. Yeah. So it's see, just a weird. To keep, to keep Shevchenko out of my list for me was goals to millions spent. So 40 million, nine goals for 40 million. 
it's not too bad of a ratio in comparison to a lot of other players. That's what kept them out for me. Possibly, yeah, possibly. But I think, and there's a little bit of unluckiness in that as well, in that, you know, Drogba hit the ball at the same time. He couldn't dislodge it from the team, you know? Yeah, exactly. The reason that he came in was to 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 bench Drogba. But like you said, the side of Shashenko coming in, Drogba picked it up and just turned to smoke like. Yeah, no, exactly. Yeah, no, he, he was flying. Um, and then last, like. last one, and this probably nobody nobody will have put this one in. I'd be surprised. So I went for Jack Rodwell from Man City to Sunderland. Oh, I consider oh, that him. was a terrible oh. one. I, well, I, you could have gone Liver, uh, Everton to City as well, really, couldn't yeah. you? So Jack Rodwell oh. um, went from City Stay to Sunderland in 2017. Same season, Sunderland went down. Yeah, stayed At there. the time, he was on 70 grand a week at Sunderland. Stayed there, he scored he? scored two goals. He stayed when they went down to what was the first division or yeah. championship. In 27-18 season, they went down again, and yeah. he was with them at the point, and he was earning 43k a week. And until his contract they, didn't have a uh, clause for when his contract had no release in it, and they eventually had to pay out on his 43k grand per week contract and cancel it mutually. Yeah, now, so he, he stayed. Oh didn't want to. Didn't exactly. want to know. Did he? So that yeah. had to have been one of the worst Premier League signs. Now, however, and this is my caveat and where I laugh. As a Newcastle fan, he is a fucking legend because he got them relegated twice. So I applaud him fully for not only stripping them of oh, best parts of 120 grand um, as he was playing over those two seasons, um, but he obviously relegated my arch rivals two seasons in a row. So it was fucking fantastic to see the pain on Wearside, but an absolutely shocking Premier League signing. That's my five. All good. Like, yeah, so, yeah Wilfred Bonnie, right? Lukaku, Anthony, Shevchenko, and Jack Rodwell. Some I love that. That's a mix of good ones. The yeah. likes of yeah. Bonnie and Rodwell that people won't really bring in. But yeah, yeah I think yeah, Winston Bowhard is the one. Winston Bowhard are by far. Oh, 100%. Like, I, I did A-level economics. The resident Chelsea fan didn't bring it. There's some names there, all right. There's there a few good ones in the comments. The likes yeah. of Falcao there was mentioned in the comments. Steve Bruce. Falcao was an um, interesting one because that was a loan, but it was such yeah. an expensive loan fee. Yeah. And yeah. Who's, who's put Steve Bruce in? Yeah. That, was like that you said, to start with the rules. I would like, assume best signing. Yeah. That's a good. That's the best signing, surely. Yeah. Um, not the not the yeah, best no. manager. No, but no again. <laughs> Had a brilliant playing career though, didn't he? Didn't yeah, have a great, yeah. not, not a great manager. See, yeah, that ties back into our earlier, our earlier talks about managers yeah. and players and their, yeah. their, their careers that they had, and so it's a, it's a gas one the way it all links in. Um, but geez, that was that was that, that was, was interesting. Some serious yeah. good list. Now, good talk there, yeah, exactly, yeah. In fairness, I'm, I'm, I'm shocked glad no one about. mentioned Harry Maguire. You can't mention him. See, you can't really mention him when there's others out there. A lot of people would say would think, oh, Harry Maguire, but I put that down to just United going, we're not going to pay 80 million for three weeks and then decide actually we're going to pay 80 well, million. Mm, so yeah. that's just poor on United's part as a financial transaction. Anthony was the same. Sorry. No, no, it's fair enough. But I just think you didn't get much output with Anthony in comparison. Maguire was no, solid, no, no, I'll agree with that. At least the first I think Maguire's at the level and out a bit. Yeah, he is. Mm. He, he, if there was a secondary yeah. level, you may consider uh, yeah. popping it. I wouldn't, because uh, uh, he's a 10 out of 10 for me every week. 
for fuck's sake. Evan, he walks into your defence, right? Evan, the thing about Harry Maguire is he just he just gets his head in there and 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 that's it. He's a little bit like me. His head is already in there, the fucking size of it. Evan, he's a bit like me. I'm an idiot when I defend. I'm a clown. My missus calls me an idiot. You know, she's just a clown. You're an idiot. And uh, she said, my missus watched me play loads of times. And I'll come off and she'll say, why the fuck did you put your head there? Well, <laughs> See, my best describes me playing it, the ball. I'm a pure, a pure yeah. Phil Jones. That's my problem. I'm just a now now Phil Jones. There's a ball bastard. and a foot. So why are you putting your head by the ball and the foot? Yeah. <laughs> well, that's what I'm there to do. She can't get it. So I'm an idiot when I'm when saying Harry Maguire's the same. He's just, he's just, he ain't got it. Touch. Such mm. <laughs> <laughs> like a nutter. He's old school. Yeah. We love oh, that. We're missing that old school now. Touch on him like Larry Murphy. I tell you. Yeah, D- D- Dan Byrne. I mean, he's he's had a great season, apart from the last few games where he's been absolutely roasted. Yeah. Be, Problem with our defence. Injuries have killed this season for us, and we've got players who are running on empty, playing game after game after game. I, I actually can't wait for this season to be over. Obviously, we're going to go out of the cup against City. That's pretty much a foregone conclusion. If we do, by some <laughs> miraculous <laughs> help of God, get past City, um, you know, at the Etihad, you can just absolutely guarantee we get fucking Liverpool or United in the next round at Wembley. So, what Dan Byrne did his stupid dance that actually ruined his season when he did that Ponzi dance, uh, whichever goal he scored, which goal did he score? It ruined his season. He'd gone downhill after uh, against Leicester in the Carabao Cup. I think it's time we wrap it up. Wrap it I've up, really yeah. enjoyed it personally. Yeah, uh, no, I keep going for the night. This is this has been a, a seriously good chat now. Yeah, but fortunately, yeah, like no said, one's hey. pouring the pints, and uh, yeah. you know, last call's already been so. Yeah, yeah. No, that's not that's not too. I will spin this around. That's not too bad, lads. So as you can see, my shirt's in the background, but I am actually yeah. in. Um, I'm in my bar. He's in the beer again. <laughs> I'm actually, yeah, I have a home bar, yeah. 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 But this, see, this is what I love about this, right? Like I was saying at the start, it plays into the dynamic. We want this show to be lads just chatting shit like we're down in the pub. But we're I am in the pub. Like, yeah. Perfect. Yeah. There we go. We're already halfway there. But yeah. no, it's been, it's been a brilliant, brilliant chat now with yeah, the yeah, And that's yeah. where can people find on. you and abuse you? Uh, well, yeah, well, mine, yeah, mine's up, mine's up there. I, I was part of, um, I, you know, some people may know me. We did uh, myself and Daz Shocks invented Loaded Mag, um, was our channel. Um, I don't do it anymore. I do a few of these and a few odd shows here and there. But um, yeah, you'll find me on Twitter at Mags underscore Mighty. Um, tend to use the c word a lot, particularly when Newcastle lose. <laughs> um, quite it's opinionated, very, and very, what you see is yeah, what you see is what you get. Um, but yeah, you got to tell it as it is, man. One life, one spin around the You're planet. Right too. So... Don't don't leave anyone sense here. That's what oh, exactly. That's the but um, yeah, love to see. One day we'll win something, and you know I'll be delirious, and you'll probably never see me again. But um, <laughs> but yeah, no. Listen, it's been fab. Um, I've dropped the rest of you lads, Evan and, and Stu. I've dropped you a follow. Yeah, um, hey, well, you're a legend. Um, you're a legend. Um, um, but yeah, listen, really enjoyed it, boys. And uh, listen, anytime you want me for one of these, give me a shout. I'm always free. Yeah, yeah, of course. Stu, you've been great guests to me and uh, Evan tonight, and Pleasure. we'd happily take you back yeah. again. So absolutely, on to the next one. off the bench. Yeah, that's it, pal. We're off the bench. That's it. <laughs> the super subs, the super subs are here. Yeah.
Surely we've hit we've Surely we've hit two of the best top signing lists then. Surely. Oh, for sure now. Yeah, yeah well, to be fair, we've still got Evan, who's the dodgy left back of the All Star team. You know, gets carried by everyone else. But you know, <laughs> high flying high. Listen, no, every team need really. every every team needs a water boy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Definitely right. not me. Fuck that. <laughs> hey, look, no, we'll have to. We'll, all have, of to, us... we'll have to trademark that now. Absolutely. From all of us here. at talk of the league or let's not get cancelled uh have a good night sports social podcast network lucky land casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky lucky in line at the deli i guess aha in my dentist's office more than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.